Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Well, everyone, 2016 has just begun, and not a moment too soon, as far as I'm concerned. But now, as always, I'd like you to say hello to the woman who puts the happy in Happy New Year. That's why her last name begins with an H for happy, my producer, Lori Houston. Wow, Jane, you 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 always have such a lovely way of introducing me. And very timely, you must admit. Right? Very, very timely. Very timely. Um, well, Happy New Year, Lori. Happy New Year. Um, you know, I get a lot of cards and good wishes this time of year, but my favorite sentiment of all was from you. You wrote, may you find the magic today and always. And that was just so lovely. And my least favorite was a card from Grumpy Cat, you know, that internet sensation because he always looks so kind of grumpy. It Uh said, you know what you're getting for Christmas? Fat. You are getting fat. (gasps) Oh! (laughs) (laughs) It was was hysterical. But on the serious side, my Lori, and I do feel that New Year should also be a time to make a resolution for bettering our souls along with our waistlines. Um, Some people, myself included, found 2015 to be a a bit stressful, Mm. and you are one of the most intuitive and spiritual people I know. From your perspective, can we expect all good things in 2016? Okay, so this is a year, uh, this is a year of completion, and it's a year where we, we're kind of going a little bit more introspect than even last year. It's going to be a great year because we're going to become much more authentic and we're going to become who we're meant to be. So it's it's about finding our gift and it, our gift isn't about intuition or what we do, but it's it's who we are as a being level. So it's it's going to be a great year. It it still has some, you know, catchy vibrations to it but on the whole it it is going to be a positive year maybe not for the stock markets but definitely for our personal growth and you know it all happens from the choices that we make within ourselves right so if we if we intend to be happier or healthier or you know whatever it is that you want to radiate from within make that your your effort because that's really what's being highlighted this year that's wonderful. It's true. I agree with you completely. And you're my gift, just so you know. Oh. <laughs> and on another positive note, we have a great show today. After the break, we'll meet a friend of the show, Dr. Kathy Groover. She is an award-winning author and the host of a national TV show based on her first award-winning book. Kathy feels, uh, as you, Laurie, that the power lies within us to make um, to make to really change our lives around just by adjusting our thoughts and words. And, and we'll find out more about how to do this right after the break. But first, I'd like you all to meet Linda Lazat. She is a nationally recognized nutritionist who has successfully treated thousands of patients across the country for a wide range of health issues. Her expert advice, as well as her skincare products, facilitate, improve, 
um, and improve everything from losing weight to dealing with depression, menopause, low blood sugar, hypertension, even prenatal issues, and diabetes, to name a few. And those are a big few. Um, she's the founder of AMG Naturally, a line of medical grade botanical anti age skincare products. And who doesn't need those? Linda is here to talk about how we can look and feel better than before after what seems like endless holiday celebrations, not to mention copious amounts of eggnog and champagne. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. You know, Linda, we all make resolutions for the new year. Um, it's a time when people are putting up, you know, the typical new year, new me, or I'm taking, I'm, I'm not taking this drama with me into the new year. The list goes on. And, and we seem to think that because of the date change, we can all all of a sudden become, you know, thinner by dinner, uh, build a savings account in, in three weeks. Um, but as I say in my book, Long Live You, it's incremental. Incre- changes should be incremental. That's how they make a difference. And I think we lose sight of a few things in the process of trying to do better. And top of the list is not only to lose weight, but to change our lifestyle habits. And that's not going to happen overnight. Um, as you know, and, and we always say, okay, you know, we'll start next Monday and next Monday and next Monday, and those Mondays never come. So what are your thoughts about this? How do we keep ourselves from not giving up? I'm sure a lot of your patients this time of year have that very question. Well, I like how you use the word habit, and it takes a good three weeks to break a habit and probably close to three weeks to create a new habit. So I think the best way, if you want to break some type of bad habit, like starting the day off with the wrong foods, maybe it's sugar, maybe it's a donut, maybe there's too much sugar in your coffee, I think that you need to take one day at a time. I think affirmations in front of a mirror is a good idea. I will change my breakfast. I will eat healthier. I will lose weight within the next three months. And then... Maybe write everything down. Maybe even write down um, what you're going to attempt to eat um, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You could write yourself out a menu for a week. And then you've got to try to, you know, take day one, stick to your resolution, day two, day three, get to day seven. And a matter of fact, seven days off of sugar, the first several days just feel terrible. But by the seventh or eighth day, you start to really feel more energy. So in my practice, I used to tell people in the beginning when they started with me to lose weight that they had to give up sugar for just just one week. And after they got to, they said, oh, I had headaches for a few days. It really didn't feel well. My energy was terrible. By day um, seven, I see them again. They say, you know, I'm really feeling better. And I say, well, let's do seven more days with no sugar. And they get through that, no problem. By the time they do the third week, they're in good shape. And as a matter of fact, they stop craving sweets, especially if they're supplementing with a good multivitamin that has minerals in it like chromium and magnesium, zinc. They all help us to not crave sweets. So there's a lot of things that can be done. That that would be my first recommendation. Giving up sugar. Well, I'm sitting here drinking tea with sugar in it. So I'm thinking, hmm, <laughs> I, think I, I think I have to listen. Um, but honey, anything that's sugar, it's not only just sugar, it's anything sweet, right? Yeah, you know, um, honey is probably one of the best substitutes. I actually like xylitol, which you could get as a powder. It looks like sugar, smells like sugar, tastes like sugar, but doesn't act like sugar. It has almost no calories, and uh, it is really good for our teeth. It's great for preventing cavities, so it actually has some health benefits. And so if you must substitute, that would be my top recommendation because it helps to calcify the teeth and 
it helps prevent cavities and it's it's good stuff so now they have gum uh, with xylitol i've noticed say that again they have chewing gum with xylitol oh yeah they've had that out for a while and you should be able to really buy xylitol in any health food store i guess the second best would be truvia which is mainly stevia you know basically my message today is going to be to stay away from uh, synthetic man-made things. Xylitol comes from uh, birch or corn, so it's actually from the, in nature. And z- stevia is a plant, and that's from nature too. But you go that's, into yeah. saccharin and all those man-made things, they're right, so bad right. for you. That, that's for sure. Now, how about um, Splenda, is it? I think it's confusing because they have it on, on, usually when you're at a restaurant, they have, or a coffee shop, they have it all on a, a little little uh, mug on the side. And, and they have a lot of Splenda and brown sugar, white sugar, etc. But wh- what is Splenda? Is that artificial or is that okay? No, like, I mean, you know, you see the little sugar containers and you see the blue, the yellow, and the pink. Stay away from those baby colors. They are... Um, they're all bad. They're all synthetic. They're all bad. They're going to have negative effects. And, you know, in the beginning, like, you know, saccharin got taken off the market. And I thought it was a little odd that when saccharin got taken off the market, which really didn't have a ton of bad information about it at the time, but as soon as it got taken off, NutraSweet just came in like a storm. And I always thought that that, that there might have been some you know, foul play there that somebody managed to get NutraSweet in really fast. And don't forget, at the same exact time, every diet soda became Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi. They all overnight, it seemed like, um, became sweetened with NutraSweet, which is terrible. I know. I know. That's why. But I think people are confused in general because there's always some conflicting report in the news. As you said, years ago, saccharin was fine. Then food color was safe. Then it wasn't safe. And various chemicals were not harmful. Margarine was fine. Butter was not. So everyone's kind of getting mixed mixed um, messages all the, the time. And I'm sure your patients come to you and say, well, should we eat butter? I mean, sometimes now I read saturated fat is okay. And and that's that's as good as unsaturated fat. And, and I think people are confused. How do you clear up some of that confusion? What do you tell them to do? <laughs> I'm going to do it. I hear you, and it's a huge pet peeve of mine. And, um, you know, nu- nutritionists like me, we have to go to um, as many, like, nutritional medical slash conferences as we can to stay up on, you know, you want the best lectures in the country that are keeping up with all the research. I I love reading research myself, um, and that's because uh, the what you hear from the establishments, let's say it's the American Heart Association, American Diabetic Association, this is sad what I'm about to say, but 90% of their information is wrong time after time after time. And nutrition, the human body has not changed over, you know, 100 years, um, thousands of years. Let's go back way farther than that, but... Um, the amount of chemicals we we are exposed to has increased dramatically, and the number of synthetically made foods and anything else or um, cosmetic uh, preservatives made in a laboratory those have increased, uh, you know, thousandfold. So um, I think the simplest thing is like, okay, is margarine from nature or is it man-made? It's, it's not it's from man-made. nature. That's it's for man- sure. Yeah, it it did not it didn't, does not come in nature. Butter comes from the milk that came from the cow that made the butter, but that's from nature. But um, what they do with margarine is they take uh, some type of 
um, usually like a corn oil or soybean, one of the cheapest oils um, that would be a unsaturated fat. And then they force hydrogen. Yeah, yeah, they force hydrogen molecules onto the chain to make it more saturated. So now you're somewhere in between unsaturated and saturated, and some completely synthetic uh, fat you're putting into your body, and it's loaded with trans fats. Now that's so we should have known 20 years ago when we made margarine. With the only reason that they came out and said it's better for you than butter is because butter contains cholesterol, and anything from a plant will not contain cholesterol. So um, if soy comes from a plant and you know, there's walnut oil. That's that's not that's not an animal, and uh, you know, so all those um, oils are high in omega-6 fatty acids. First of all, so they're already more in the inflammatory chain as opposed to omega-3s like fish oil and flax oil and uh, sacha inchi oil, which I use in my cosmetics. That's the highest omega-3 plant food. What kind planet. of oil? It's called Sacha Inchi. It's uh, from the Peruvian rainforest. It's a big secret out there that I'm surprised more companies, cosmetics, are not using it. It's super, super high in omega-3. Not only that, but it's like packed with the natural forms of vitamin E, vitamin A, um, and other uh, compounds. So it's extremely anti-inflammatory for the skin. You can actually buy it and use it um, as, you know, your oil for your salad. You know, everyone's in love with olive oil. The olive oil is really high in oleic acid, and that's omega-9. So it's a complete end of the spectrum from omega-3. So Sacha Inchi Oil makes a fantastic uh, salad dressing. You don't really want to cook with it. Olive oil is stable to cook with, and omega-3s are not. So, um, yeah, so I buy organic Sacha Inchi Oil, and I incorporate it as a base in my cosmetics, all my lotions, all right, we're going to talk about your cosmetics in a minute, but mm-hmm. just continuing on the food thought, um, when you're mentioning mm-hmm. man-made or how, you know, food or how the government intervenes, GMOs, most people don't know what that is. And most people say, well, you know what, it's, you know, evolution. And I don't happen to agree. I think that you don't want people fiddling with how your food is, 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 is grown. What, what are your thoughts on that? That comes from the chemical companies like Monsanto. There's always like um, an incentive, like when they fatten up cows or they give them hormones. It's all about um, more bang for the buck. In other words, how can I get this cow to live longer? How can I get it to produce the most milk the fastest possible? So in other words, those things are very unnatural. Um, How do we feed more people? How do we actually grow more grains and have them be tougher grains that, you know, uh, so it's all about profit, and uh, GMO is a you know it's a big issue because it's gotten really passed through real quickly. Like like I was saying, kind of similar to NutraSweet. So it's something that we're going to have to be careful with. I think the um, main thing you might want to know is to uh, not eat too many corn ingredients because the highest GMO food is going to be corn. So that includes corn oil, corn chips and uh, just corn corn on the cob itself. Yeah, and also um, fish, they're saying. I mean, they're just 
everything seems to be in in the GMO, and they don't. I think they don't have to label it unless now they say they do have to label it. It just scares me to have the government intervene, or the or, or the big pharmaceuticals or chemical yeah. companies intervene on exactly. on what we eat. I mean, they don't because they also make chemotherapy, so they they'd rather have us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to no, say they, this. They do but... want to. They really do want to sick. I agree with you. And their motive is not our health. Our health is health no. is the I mean, last that's, thing that's... on their minds. Right. That, that's yeah. We're bombarded with chemicals now. On, on that thought, um, it, you know, it wasn't long ago, and I've mentioned this on the show uh, often, that people thought that what you ate was only responsible for acid indigestion or or gout. But now the connection between diet and a host of major and minor uh, diseases is irrefutable, as you know. Um, from your perspective as a nutritionist, does nutrition play an enormous role in your health. Some people poo-poo it. You know, it's, you know, I can eat anything, burn it off, doesn't matter. But I I don't think you agree with that. Somebody tells me you don't agree with that theory. (laughs) I totally don't agree with that theory because what really as a nutritionist got me um, excited to go into this field and really study vitamins and minerals was studying biochemistry and looking at how the human body for all the conversions, all the pathways that are involved, there's a mineral or a vitamin, let's say, you know, like maybe zinc and B6 are common um, uh, conversion factors that are involved in the enzymes that make those conversions happen. So it made me realize that, you know, everything, your hair, your skin, your nails, like how, you know, your energy, all dependent on vitamins and minerals. And that's why we eat food. We eat food not just, just to get protein, carbohydrate, and fat, but to get the all the vitamins and all the minerals too. So, um, Otherwise, there's going to be a breakdown and things aren't functioning. So if there's a breakdown, you're talking a poor immune system and you're talking inflammation and you're talking a bad gut, you're talking an increase in um, control of bacteria and viruses and other things and we're exposed to and the ability to get rid of the toxic chemicals, as you were mentioning. So if you put all that together, what you eat is absolutely important because we do have, have a really strong foundation for dealing with all the chemicals that we can't even control. We can't control that there's mercury in the air we can't control that you know what was dumped into the rivers we can't control uh you know the fact that they we don't know whether our salmon was from alaska or it's you know made in a you know the salmon pond i call i call it yeah fish farm exactly so you know life is different these days so uh we have to have a strong foundation we have to eat well we have to um you know get all the basics that the that the body needs for for the immune system and and for every organ to function at its best. Yeah, and and as you said, we we can't we can't control everything, but what we can control is what we eat, certainly, and, and our thoughts. Um, also, Absolutely. and and this is I find this interesting that there's so many trends du jour, as you know. There's gluten free, there's vegan, there's you know no wheat, there's no dairy. Which I'm not supposed to have dairy, but I'm just I have not followed that rule. I call myself an utter failure because I can't give up, I can't give up dairy. I don't go there. That's the whole show. That'll be the whole rest of the show. But a lot of people don't even know why they're doing it. Um, I asked someone, "What is gluten? What is gluten?" And she said, "Well, that, that's the stuff in the wheat that makes you fat, right?" I mean, that means that mm-hmm. she doesn't know it. But then she was very much gluten free. Now I know people have food allergies, but um, what? How do you make the choice of of what you should eat? Um, how do you? Where do you begin? 
Yeah, um, it's actually pretty simple. Like you said, if you kind of know you're sensitive to dairy and you picked up on the fact that um, gluten always makes your, your stomach hurt or causes, um, you know, loose stools or something, then you should avoid those foods because they are causing inflammation in your gut. And then anything that causes inflammation has a potential effect on the outside. I call it the skin inflammation. So if you want healthy skin, you've got to be healthy inside also, um, outside and in. So um, you really, um, the, and the gluten thing is interesting because um, they're actually uh, tying gluten allergies and sensitivities and, and celiac to, back to the chemical thing, to the chemical called Roundup very interesting, right? So if you're trying to get rid of weeds in your backyard, you're causing weeds in your intestinal tract. I mean, you're really ruining your health. So uh, that's a crazy thought, but like, um, why are so many people having to avoid gluten today? Is it just like autism? We're more aware of it, or is there actually an increase? And I think there is an increase. And then it's also tied in with mercury toxicity. Um, the, you know, back in the day, remember, we were, you know, using the uh, silver fillings. Now they don't use yeah. silver fillings anymore. Why, why do they no longer have thermometers with mercury? Why was mercury removed from uh, blood pressure cuffs? So it's, uh, why is there no more, uh, I'm trying to think what's called, it's um, mercurochrome, you know? All the things we were exposed to as kids, there's less of today, but the effect has gone, hit generation, many generations. And then today the kids are getting more, uh, uh, shots, vaccinations, and way back. They've probably all at three once. times as many. Right, they yeah, get it three times as many as once. you and I got. I know. I, I they get 20 at once, and you're thinking, how can their little immune systems deal with yeah. everything yeah. they they have? Um, you know, my little uh, twin granddaughters were in the NICU for a while, mm-hmm. and they gave them hepatitis shots. And I'm thinking, you know, are they um, drugged? users or they I mean why I know and what is the chance of my this little baby getting hepatitis in the I know it's like a day old you know? what, are, what are the odds yeah. that they'll have you yeah. know uh so I I I always wonder and and you know we we are so at the mercy of of as we mentioned earlier the 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 pharmacies the chemicals the and and certainly they do wonderful things as well I'm not saying that they do life-saving um drugs and they they certainly have things that that do save lives but on the other hand you know Absolutely. food is another thing let's keep the food separate please um so uh and I think a lot of people are are vegan not because they have celiac disease but because you know it I mean uh, gluten-free but vegan because it's a trend, you know, um, we're gluten-free because it's a trend, but vegan also, you know, they don't eat anything with a heartbeat, which is, which is okay too. Um, but it, it, again, it is, is confusing. So what would you say before we get to skin, what would you say constitutes a really good, what should we have every day to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Let's do that briefly. And then we'll go into our complexions. Yeah, I, I think that we should follow a paleolithic diet, which is what um, our bodies are designed to eat. So, you know, um, catch it, eat it, and, um, you know, pick it. And, you know, so basically that's fruits and vegetables and good quality protein. I mean, I am not... I like I like red meat because it contains carnitine, which is a fat burner, and it's great for the heart. And... Uh, especially lamb, and then I like red meat because it's the highest foods in, in vitamin B12. Vegans and vegetarians are very, very high risk for B12 deficiency, so they really need to supplement. 
and uh, eggs are actually the most nutri- nutrient-dense protein food we can eat. And again, you know, it's natural. So if you can you know, have chickens in your backyard like my son does and he gets fresh eggs, that's awesome. Um, and then you can also do grass-fed, you know, meats. We can get those. They're, you know, Whole Foods is everywhere. Um, so anyway, I believe in, like I would say, uh, a di- an, or- an awesome diet that would be paleo that would also be um, – reduce or have very little insulin um, production because insulin stores fat and insulin is high insulin levels are absolutely a contributor to heart disease not only diabetes but cancer and of course now insulin where do you get is that high too much sugar is that what you're referring to when you say insulin yeah insulin is produced by the body in response to the um, consumption of carbohydrates oh carbohydrates and sugars yeah simple carbohydrates yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, all carbohydrates, even even fruit, vegetables, and uh, but really, way too much insulin being produced when we eat a super high, uh, we eat a, a donut or a chocolate cake or something. So we're producing a lot, and then what goes up must come down, and the blood sugar drops, and we're hungry and tired. So um, now, so the paleo has no carbohydrates. Uh, paleo, like if you. Um, start your diet with eggs and fruit. Maybe like blueberries are fantastic for uh, any of the berries. Very low insulin production and uh, loaded with antioxidants. It's one of the best things for the skin. Uh, lunch, uh, how about a salad with uh, the such inchi oil and with your favorite vinegar. I like rice vinegar the most. Um, put sardines on top if you're lucky enough to like them. They're omega, high omega-3s and are super low on the food chain, so they're much l- less likely to have mercury than the, the larger fishes, um, you know, including salmon, which is great omega-3. It's one of my favorites. I do eat it, but I try to stay away from swordfish, for example. And then uh, dinner, you know, let's get in the cruciferous vegetables like broccoli or cauliflower or Brussels sprouts, probably another salad or two vegetables. And then, I mean, if you want to do brown rice, it's not too bad. And the potatoes, not too bad. Have They both are loaded with vitamins as opposed to uh, refined white pasta. has almost no nutritional value. And then I probably would stay away from the corn because of GMO. And then I would have mm-hmm. that with like a lean, a lean steak or, you know, um, you know, that if you want to do good. Um, yeah, I want a lean steak as as we speak. Now, um, yes. we we have a, a, a few minutes left, but I did want to talk about your uh, briefly talk about your uh, your beauty products. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about how um, what we eat affects our health, and and I'm sure there are parallels between food and and beauty. So let's speak uh, just briefly about um, you know the the skin is allergic or not only allergic what goes on goes in i mean it's it's almost you use some of these products and you look and you read and you go i don't want that in my body but you don't realize that putting it on your skin is is actually going into your body it's absorbing so as far as and and we're going to give the site for your products the amg naturally products which sound wonderful by the way i will order them as soon as we hang up um uh, so what what um uh, what is the basics for our skin being healthy would you say yeah, I got into this. Uh, I kind of moved over to cos- cosmeceuticals, more from the nutraceutical and, and private practice, because the more I read about, um, the more I went to the medical library and read about uh, parabens and phthalates, I, I really 
got upset and, you know, um, that there's more birth defects because of uh, what mothers are putting on their skin. There's more baby boys being born with uh, the entering of the, you know, the, their, their private organ is in the wrong place and these babies are having to get um, operations for that. Uh, it's called a hypospadias. And then you've got an increase in infertility. So you look at all that and then increasing cancer. They have found parabens in breast cancer tissue and it's just all scary, yes. you know. Yeah. And so what, so I love your saying what goes on goes in and we do have to think that that is something you have to pay attention to. We have to read our labels. We have to, you know, like uh, I teach people like my newsletters, uh, AMG e-newsletter, which is free. I recommend you guys sign up for that. Um, it will teach you how to look for bad ingredients and what they do and why you want to avoid them. So I think a simple thing is look for capital letters like um, like the three-letter or four-letter, all in caps, M-E-A, D-E-A, P-E-A. These are ethanolamines. Uh, D-E-H-P is, is a phthalate. Um, almost all the four-letter words that end in D and P are phthalates. D-I-D-P, um, D-M-P, D-E-H-P. DBP anyway. So they're all different types of phthalates like dibutyl phthalate, for example. So these are terrible. They're plasticizers. They're in there to uh, preserve them. They're in there to prevent bacterial growth and they're in there to hold on to the fragrance longer. The word fragrance on your label is terrible. And don't put perfume on your skin ever. Yeah, you'd be surprised um, though how many products have this mm -hmm. stuff in it. You you think they look and they say natural and of course you know, natural, anybody could say natural. It doesn't mean it's necessarily natural. And then you see like green tea and that's like after the 85,000 chemicals, you see the last one is green tea. <laughs> so, so unfortunately we are out of time, but I would love to leave our listeners with uh, where they can find you and, and your products. Thank you very much. Yeah, the website is www.amgnaturally.com. And if you're used to shopping on Amazon, just um, type in AMG Natural and you can buy it along with all your other stuff because I know how much we love our one-stop shopping. So that would be the two best places to get them. And uh, more and more doctor's offices are selling the AMG products because they're medical grade and the doctors are concerned that they're fixing their patients' hormones. And then they're going home and skin toxing, so they're messing the hormones right up again. So uh, it is uh, that's a big concern, and it does make sense that they should be recommended by all the nutritionally oriented practitioners out there. Uh, one, one quick last question. What is the best food you can eat for your skin, would you say? Is there like one food that you should have every day that makes for a beautiful complexion? Well, I'd have to just throw water in there. It's not a food, but we didn't mention it. Eight eight ounce glasses a day and make sure it's filtered water. And if, if there's natural minerals in it, that's even better. So just make sure you get water, you know, a lot of water into it. It will help you lose weight for sure. Um, I always saw that in my practice over and over. The ones that really were did the eight eight ounce glasses a day lost weight way better. The other people would come in with a perfect food diary and they said they did barely drink any water that week and, you, you tell know, them to drink water i know i'm always telling my husband to drink water because i'm not thirsty it doesn't have to be you don't have to be thirsty you should drink water no matter what so great advice thank you so much for being with us um appreciate your time and and certainly we're gonna all order your products they sound wonderful and listen to your advice on nutrition thank you again Everyone, please stay with us. When we return, I'll be speaking with Dr. Kathy Groover. She's an award-winning author and TV host who will tell us how to heal ourselves from within. You're listening to The Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. Stay with us. We'll be right back. As listeners of our iHeartRadio Talk Show know, 
Jane Wilkins Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes, along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts, many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com where it's available for delivery or as an ebook, Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, back to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins Michael and better than before. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm here with Lori, as always. And now it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Kathy Groover to the show. She's a friend of the show, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, She is an award-winning author and the host of the national TV show based on her first award-winning book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. She has studied mind-body medicine at Harvard Medical School, has a PhD in natural health, and has also authored five books. Her latest, Journey of Healing, just won two awards. And she's currently working uh, on a project for the military to create uh, and institute a stress reduction program. So do you all see a theme here? Hello, stress. We are going to conquer you as we speak. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Nice to have you with us again. Oh, thanks so much for having me back. Oh, we loved it. So this time of year, as I mentioned, is the, um, you know, people are, are, you know, putting up the typical new year, new me, and I'm not taking this drama with me into the new year. But, you know, we usually break these promises at like 12.01 on January 1st. And I think that uh, a lot of it is trying to change everything at, at once. And it doesn't work that way. And we just become so overwhelmed, we just shut down and we can't process uh, one thing more. And then, of course, nothing gets done. So let's begin, Kathy, with your advice on how we can slowly make those changes, the self-talk that we need to really get us back on the right track. Mm-hmm. And I think you raised a really good point. I think we try to change so much at once. You know, we write this lofty list of 30 things that we want to improve. And in reality, we can only handle so much at one time. And if we're trying to, you know, change the diet and change the exercise and change the communication and change the, you know, it, it becomes overwhelming. And we have one little flub in that and we give the whole thing up and say, oh, I failed. Um, which is very self-limiting and self-defeating practice, which I think, right, at, two, at 12.01, so many people are already doing that. Mm-hmm. I, think writing things, I think writing things down is a really great idea. Um, it not only goes directly into your subconscious, it kind of keeps you um, somewhat liable for what you've written. You know, you can look at that and go, oh, I did write down that I was going to do that. Okay. Um, and then break it down into smaller steps. I think that's one of the biggest failings of people is they say, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay, well... How <laughs> are you going to dinner by dinner? Are you, <laughs> right. Are you going to eat less? Or, you know, it's like saying, I'm going to run a marathon Thursday. 
uh, how are you going to do that? Yeah. You know? um, so I, I think okay. you might want to try a mile first or buy some shoes. You know, I think we have to go really slow. Take a walk around the block first, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Some shorts. I don't know. Um, so I think people just really bite off more than they can chew because there's this pressure. The clock changes to January 1st, which is a completely man-made time to try to make a resolution. You know, we can change any time we want to, it could be July 3rd, and we could decide we want to try to make a change. So I think there's all this pressure to perform, and I think the combination of those things that really leads to a lot of failing in those those things we say we want to do. No, it's and, and change, as you know, as you just said, it's it's really hard. It's going to take adding up the good days and the bad days that that leads to to weeks and months of results. So you never should stop trying. I think people give up too quickly. I mean, I, I don't. I, think, yeah. I agree. And I think because they try to do something 100%. And to me, you know, I talk about this in my books, I go with the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of the time, do the best you can. 20% of the time, maybe you do want a small piece of fudge. Or you are on a road trip and your only choice is a drive through Or you don't really want to exercise that day, but you promise yourself you'll exercise the next day. And I think the issue is so many people hit that moment and they go, oh, well, I already had one piece of fudge. I blew it. Let me eat the mm-hmm. whole pan. You know, there's not this place of balance and this place of, of clear, conscious choice. And I think that's the key to sticking to some of the stuff is acknowledging you're not going to be 100%. You're not going to be perfect. Sorry, Mom. Uh, and you just have to do the best you can. Yeah, or they say, we'll start Monday. And then, oh, the next Monday. It's always on Monday. <laughs> that's like the magic yeah. day that we're going to start. Everything's going to be fine Monday until we have that piece of fudge. And then it's, uh, maybe we'll wait. We'll give ourselves another week to sort of go into this whole, you know, eating right. fest. Um, exactly. Now, the, the, the thing that I found so interesting about you, Kathy, I, uh, you know, everything you do is interesting. But And I had written a column uh, on you about this because mm-hmm. I did think it was so fascinating. People think of health as something having to do with our physical bodies, right? They want a low BMI, they eat organic, they do their yoga, uh, but very few think of the ramifications of their thoughts and how strongly they affect the body and how paying attention to that connection um, could lead to really healing ourselves. Uh, and, and we didn't realize really that the power lies within us to make these huge modifications in our lives just right. by adjusting our thoughts and words. Um, who knew, right? So uh, uh, talk about that. How, how can mm-hmm. we change this, this language, this negative self-talk, which many, many people have, and, and that's oh, a fact, unfortunately. So many. So many, and I hear it with my clients, and I hear it with my my family members and my in-laws and my friends, and, you know, we get stuck in this negative pattern, and we don't even know we're doing it until someone brings it to our attention. Um, I think self-awareness is is really, really important, and there was one day I put a bunch of pennies in my right pocket, and I swore that any time I'd say something negative or think something negative, even if it was, oh, God, I hate this, ra- this show on this radio station or whatever, you know, or, oh, gee, that guy cut me off. Anytime I'd have a negative thought, I'd move a penny to the other pocket. It took a whole whopping, like, hour for me to move 20. You know, and I'm pretty positive. Um, we have to be aware that we're having these patterns. And it's estimated we have about 60,000 thoughts a day, and 50,000 of those are negative. That's amazing. A lot of negative thoughts. That's a lot of moving of pennies. Um, so to say, okay, we'll stop thinking them, that's great to say. That's really hard to do. They're mostly very unconscious. We don't even know we're having these patterns. And one negative thought leads to more and more and more. We're forming new connections in the brain. So 
rather than trying to stop them, let's try to change them. And this is where I really like affirmations. So rather than saying, oh, geez, I hope I don't get sick. Oh, no, every June I get sick. Oh, it's cold and flu season. I bet I'm going to get sick. The kids are in school. I'm going to get sick. You're programming yourself to get sick. And if nothing else, you're putting yourself into a stress fight-or-flight response so that you're depleting your own immune system. So that's contributing to us getting more sick. So saying something like, I am healthy and well, my immune system is strong, um, my body is resilient, you know, switching those thoughts can actually make a change in our physiology. We can boost our immune system. Um, and I've been reading study after study after study about the amazing ability that we have to enhance sports performance, enhance our immune function, change really deep physiological functions in our body with just using our thoughts and words. It's a power that we've yet to tap into. And I'd love to see it become more mainstream, and I think it is. I think the more research we see on this, the more we're going to see people adopting this method of, of self-healing uh, because we have the power to do it. That's really, that's fascinating. Those pennies would be in my other pocket in like two seconds. <laughs> I'd be walking yeah. around with a pocket full of those negative, those negative thoughts. But I think also, Kathy, that people say, oh, God, it's too late for me. I can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's too late to be positive. I've always had that. I've always been this way. Is it ever too late to sudden to say, I want to look at things more positively, even though our situation doesn't change dramatically? We're not suddenly going to have a different life. But how do we, you know, you, you have to start looking at it, as you said, a little more positively. Mm-hmm. So how do we, you know, what is that, that f- first step? You wake up in the morning and you say, you know what, I'm going to say, look, I'm going to have a good day today. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you that started off? So it's never too late. Let's first get to that point. It's never too late. No, right? it's, it's never too late. And I have clients. I, I, I still have a massage practice here in Santa Barbara, and I work with a lot of cancer patients who are terminal. Um, and, you know, is that too late? No, because what I've seen is these people who maybe might not get the curing. They are definitely going to die. They find healing and they find that healing through positive thought through being as joyous as you can in each moment. Um, I had a client who she passed at 96 and I started seeing her probably when she was 89 or 90. And she told me she wanted to redo her living room and she always wanted a red couch and she wanted to get new drapes and she wanted, and I'm thinking you're 90. Like how long are you going to get to enjoy a red couch and new drapes? And that was completely, completely ignorant thinking on my point because who cares if she gets it for 20 minutes? Yeah. That brought her joy. That's what she wanted. You know. So I don't think it's ever too late. And people that say it is, it's a cop-out. It's an excuse. Get over it. You're, you're, we have the ability to make that change. And it's right. It's as simple as waking up in the morning and saying, I'm going to have a great day. And it becomes that fake it till you make it thing. You say, I have a great day. I am happy. I am prosperous and abundant. I am surrounded by loving people. You know, people react to how we come into a situation. And we just recently had the holidays where so many people dreaded seeing their relatives or dreaded seeing their in-laws, crazy Uncle Billy and drunk Aunt Sal, and they, you know, they didn't want to deal with it. So much of those people's reaction is coming from how we go into the situation. So if we go in positive and expecting good things, we have a completely different demeanor, and people are going to react to us differently. We know that when we deal with kids, when we deal with customer service, when we deal, you know, it's the whole you get more bees with honey than vinegar. Um, you know, we, it, it, it has to come from us. We can't change anybody else around us. It has to be a change we make in ourselves. And, and self, Lori just sent me, uh, um, just, just asked me. So um, acceptance uh, is powerful. Accept ourselves, accept our, um, Lori, are you there? Ask the question. 
Well, it wasn't so much a question. It was really what she was saying. I was just agreeing. But, it would, you know, when we come to a place of acceptance, that's when, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we can can allow everything to happen. It's, you know, stop trying to fix change, you know, just accept and then things will, uh, then things can change. But we keep, we keep focusing on what we can do and we, we're putting all this energy in you know, do this, do that, do that. And it's, it's not about doing, it's like, accept where you are, you're there for a reason. And then when you can get into a place of acceptance, then you can allow yourself to really move into a much more empowered place. And that gives you the strength and the empowerment to, to make changes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and just to, to dovetail on what you just said, I think it's so much people are thinking about what they can't do. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have enough money. I don't have time. I don't have, this is why I don't like the whole concept of a bucket list because people put something on a list and they shove it in a drawer and they never do anything about it. Um, if it's something in your power to do, go do it. You know, the trip around the world might have to wait, but if you always want to do a hot air balloon trip, not that much money. It takes half a day. Find the time to go do it rather than continuing to say, oh, I've always wanted to do that. Take those steps and make those changes. And so when you're talking about accepting and I'm sitting in my office and I look at a book, I've got so many books in my office, and the book that literally jumps off the shelf at me right now, the title is Accepting Your Power to Heal. <laughs> That's the book that, that I saw the second you started talking. I didn't even know I owned that book. Uh, so, yeah, it is about acceptance and it's about making change and, and, and owning that in this present moment. We have to plan for the future, but we can't, we can't dwell on it. We can't worry about it. We don't know what's coming. I think it's also about appreciating your your small accomplishments because most people don't, you know, they just look for the next thing and they never stop and say, you know, I did very well today or I, I, Uh whatever you do to, to appreciate that, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and say, good job. You know, I think most people don't do that. And and then it all all becomes sort of one to, to do list that they never get a, they never get satisfaction um, as it were. And, you know, you mentioned cancer survivors. I've worked with cancer survivors and, what what I think no one says, gee, uh, what a blessing I have cancer. I haven't heard that. But mm-hmm. what I have heard are survivors mm-hmm. saying, you know, it put me on a different path. I was going yeah. totally the wrong way. And it made me realize that, you know what, I have to make some changes in my life that I would never mm-hmm. have thought of unless I had right. gotten cancer and sort of looked at it, mortality and looked at my life right in front of me. So, you know, they have, in fact, um, one survivor, and I I love this quote, she said, just when the um, caterpillar thinks it's about to die, it turns into a butterfly. And I just love that, Mm -hmm. that vision, because it's it's true. They look at it a little more positively, which I think is Mm -hmm. very, very, very important. Um, And now, how does all the stress affect us physiologically? What does it do? Mm -hmm. Um, The stress response is so useful to us. It's that fight or flight response. It's protected our species as far. It gives us the ability to recognize danger and either fight it or flee or freeze. Now that's become the other options, uh, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, We don't need that anymore uh, for the most part. You know, we're not walking through the jungle. We're not in an area where bears are going to jump out and get us. Um, We don't have to recognize that kind of danger. Now, if you're you know, in a holdup or if you're walking down a dark street, you certainly want to be aware. But the, the problem now is our stress is not this dynamic short-lived thing like a bear attacking us. It's this constant low-grade stress um, that we're not made to handle. 
we're made to have our response and then the, the threat leaves and everything in our body returns to normal and we sleep. Well, now with this constant bombardment of stress that we're not handling particularly well, we're in a constant state of fight or flight. And that's really hard on our physiology because we're not made to have that constant cascade of hormones and chemicals. So it's depleting our immune system. It's, it's you know, causing our hearts to race. Uh, it's, it's causing the function and sexual response and digestion. You know, all these things that on a short basis are great if we do have to fight or run. But on a long-term basis, we don't need to stop our sexual response and our digestion and our cognitive functioning. That We need that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the yeah. more we have this, this long-term low-grade stress, the, the harder it's going to be long-term on our bodies. Um, and we need to find a way to deal with it. Yeah, it's interesting. I interviewed a, a French uh, doctor, and he said, it, it does not matter what you eat. It matters how, well, of course it does in, in a sense, but he said, you know, you can eat a carrot, and if you don't have a calm... Um, digestive tract to process it, it's not going to do you any good. So, you know, it it affects us all around. If you're stressed, the carrot is, you know, might as well eat something more delicious. (laughs) Chocolate. So it's it's true. It has a very uh, deep and profound um, effect on us. And, and, we're all stressed, except for you, Kathy. You're always so, and Lori, oh. Lori doesn't. Lori doesn't show much stress. She gets stressed, but she's always very calm, um, unlike me. Now we hear the term mindfulness a lot. Um, it's sort of like the the buzzword of of the day. What what is your what is the the explanation? What is your definition of of mindfulness? Yeah, mindfulness um, basically is going about a task with focus and curiosity, using all of your senses and staying in the present moment. You can do anything mindfully. There is a very formal mindfulness meditation, um, which is a seated meditation. But there's also just sort of general mindfulness, which, you know, I always like to use the example of doing the dishes. Um, You can either do the dishes to have clean dishes, or you can do the dishes to do the dishes. Um, the result's the same, but the focus and the intent is, is completely different. So are you mindlessly doing them where you're thinking about something else and you're having a conversation and you might break one and there's still food stuck to one and there's water on the floor now and you know you just kind of haphazardly do it? Or are you really feeling the water on your hands? Are you feeling the texture of the plate? What does the soap smell like? What, can you hear the bubbles crackling in the sink and the water cascading in? And then there's always one little bubble that floats away and it catches the light. You see that little rainbow for just a second and then it pops and there's that little spray of water and you can almost taste the lemony flavor on your lips. And that's doing the dishes mindfully. And you get to the end of that and you realize, yeah, I have a house full of clean dishes and I've basically just meditated. I've put myself in that present moment. And if you start to drift away, if other thoughts intrude, um, you dismiss them without judgment and say, oh, I was thinking, okay, and then you return to your task. That's mindfulness. And what is so great about that is it stops the stress response, brings us back to that present moment. It makes us more aware of what's happening around us. It really gets us in touch with our bodies and our senses. And the great thing is if you get to the point where when those other thoughts intrude, you can very, very... mm, gently to yourself, acknowledge, okay, well, I was thinking, and you move on to the next thing, you know, move on to the task, it allows you to pause so that you can respond rather than react. Um, And that is one of the keys to our conflicts 
with other people typically is, you know, we're having this knee-jerk reaction and we're not actually pausing to respond. We're just, bleh. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you regret you, it. And <laughs> you regret, regret the response and, half the time. Right? Yeah. And then you wonder, why am I yelling at him about cat food? That's not the, you know, um, this is why I think half the husbands and wives I know argue because they're, they're not actually hearing. They're not pausing. They're just, that was um, the nicest way kathy to describe doing the dishes that i think i've ever oof. heard in my oof. entire life i'm going to give up my dishwasher after that one because yeah. I, that was that was almost romantic and how you yeah. described it now let's talk a little bit about sleeplessness because a lot of a lot of people stress related of course you know you wake up in mm-hmm. the middle of the night and what i call these bubble monsters everything that's been you know roiling around in your mind it suddenly in the still in the dark it all comes into your mind and you wake up going oh my god <laughs> You know? uh-huh. And all these things, and usually in the morning you'd say, "Well, it's really not that bad, is it?" You know, when you finally wake up and you realize that right. your thoughts were, you know, a little bit more negative than they should have been. Now, how do you, how do you kind of get people to to help people sleep? That's a huge, huge issue. I hear about a lot from our audience. Yeah, yeah. the first thing you do want to do is make sure you've not got some physiological thing happening, you know, because there are physical reasons we might not be sleeping. It could be a thyroid imbalance, a hormone issue, um, a heart, you know, so you do want to rule that stuff out. If it's simply that you're having trouble falling asleep because you're overthinking or you're waking up in the middle of the night to roll over and suddenly three hours later, you're still dwelling about, you know, the test you failed in ninth grade biology. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so I have someone just, <laughs> right. No, I have someone just explain that they're, they're still worried about high school and couldn't they have done better and they're 55 years old and I'm thinking... <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's uh, so way out of my scope of practice. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But, you know, if you, if you wake up and you're just thinking about these things, um, there's a couple things you can do. Uh, I really like the affirmations there because it blocks out those negative thoughts. It replaces them. So I like to say I fall asleep quickly and easily. I wake up feeling refreshed. It's my favorite affirmation for sleep. Normally I get through about four rounds of that and I'm out. I don't remember anything after that. Um Writing things down, you know, if you really are worried about something and you can't do anything about it right then, write it down and swear you're going to do it in the morning. And now that you've written it down, you've dealt with it, you've taken action, you can go back to sleep. Um, I'm also really for getting out of bed. You know, if you're laying there agonizing over whether you paid the property taxes, get up and see if you paid the property taxes or else you're going to drive yourself crazy. And I remember there was one night I wear, um, not anymore, I used to wear four rings on my hands, my wedding ring and my grandmother's engagement ring. And then on my other hand, I wore my other two, uh, my mom's engagement ring and my other grandmother's engagement ring. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and for some reason, I felt my fingers. I only had three rings on. And I suddenly had this conniption fit in the middle of the night of, oh, my God, where's my fourth ring? I hope it didn't fall out in the parking lot of my office. I hope, you know, I was... And I'm laying there dwelling, 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 worrying, worrying, worrying. And I finally said, can see, go look. So literally, I got out of bed about 2 o'clock in the morning. I threw on sweats. I drove these six minutes to my office. I found the ring sitting on the counter in the little dish where I put my rings. For some reason, it just didn't make it on my finger. I put it on. I drove back to my house in seven minutes. And I went back to sleep soundly. I would have been up all night worrying about where that ring was. I dealt with the problem. Um, I think it's okay to get up and people agonize, you know, they lay there and they go, okay, if I fall asleep now, I get five hours. 
Okay, if I fall asleep now, I get four hours, and they drive themselves <laughs> crazy. The put the clock, clock away. <laughs> oh, that that's true. I know. I've, I've I have I have done that. The other thing mm-hmm. I do, and I think it's pretty common, I, I dredge up things from the past that are over done with. Like you know, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tell my husband, remember that time that you did X? I mean, that's, you know, like uh, 10 years ago and that made it mm-hmm. that, you know, X happened because of it. And he goes, well, it's over. It's done. You know, he's more sensible, right. of course, than I am. But, um, but I, I feel like I have to sort of bring that stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. how do you cut off the, the negativity in the past and just leave it there and go on? Cause there are things that you can't change. I mean, you can learn from right. things, of course, sure. but you know, you can't change the actual incident that happened. Um, right. But that hasn't stopped me from constantly bringing it up and saying, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff and it makes him nuts. It makes me crazy because it upsets me. So sure. how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, it comes back to that mindfulness thing. If you're mindful and in the present moment, we know the past doesn't matter anymore. We can't change our performance on that biology test from ninth grade. We can't change that our husband parked wrong and it caused us to scrape the car door. We can't change that someone cut us off on the freeway and we ended up hitting the guardrail. We, we can't undo, we can't change anything in the past. It's completely gone. And we can't control anything in the future. So you have the other half of people that are dwelling in the future and worrying about the meeting on Monday and what if the headache means I have cancer and what if the cat dies and what if my kid's on drugs and, you know, we can't change any of that either. Um, doing the mindfulness practices, whether it's brushing your teeth or doing the dishes or petting the cat, or um, it holds us in the present moment. Um, so that's actually incredibly helpful. And if you're really engaged in that activity, your mind's not going to go anywhere. Or again, you bring it back gently and say, oh, okay, I was thinking about that time I backed into that car. Okay, great. I thought about that. Now let's go back to the dishes. Um, eventually you'll find those thoughts stop. Um, hypnotherapy is actually something else I do. It's really, really great for stopping that mind chatter because it, again, pulls back in the present moment. The other thing that's important is forgiveness in that. Have you forgiven yourself for backing into the guy in the parking lot five years ago and you didn't leave a note because you were in a rush? Forgive yourself for that. You can't find the guy. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't undo it. You did it. And okay, well. He's still looking for you, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I hope not. That would be a whole other problem. That's, that's a reality show. Um, right. But the other thing is, that, you know, I believe that, you know, sometimes just apologizing kind of out to the universe for something helps us. Like, you know, sir in the green Chevy, I'm so sorry I backed into you that day. I probably caused damage to your car. It's too late for me to undo that, but I apologize and I'm forgiving myself. And I hope you can forgive me too. And you know, it makes us it makes us feel better, um, even though that message probably never gets to that guy. So I don't know how how connected the universe is in that way, but who knows? It might. Maybe on some level, he he goes, "Oh, I feel good today." Yeah. Who knows? Um, but it makes us feel. It allows us to feel better. That is good. Now, Kathy, we have about a minute left. This went so quickly. See, when I have a great guest, it just goes so nicely and quickly, and you'll have to come back and talk about hypnosis. That's a whole other show for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, But just give us like one point to take with us um, for the rest of the day and tomorrow and the day Mm -hmm. after that you can share with us in in about a minute that we can, or or less, because then we want to say where we can find you, um, uh, to go about our day in a more positive note. Mm-hmm. It's all about choices, and we always have choices, and we always have options. We can't undo the past. We can do what we can to affect the future, but we can't necessarily change some of the stuff that's out there. So making choices um, with every exhale, we have the ability to make a different choice. And knowing that we can do that and knowing that we have that power, that's 
so incredible. We can change the way we eat. We can change the way we think. And that's going to lead us to better health. So making those choices, as small as they are, is going to make a huge difference in your life. And where can we find you? Uh, the best place is my site, which is thealternativemedicinecabinet.com. And I'm so excited. I heard you say at the top of the show that my newest book just won two awards. Um, I just found out I took the entire nonfiction category in the London Book Festival. So I just won my third award, the whole nonfiction category. I was so excited. Um, so that book's on the side Fantastic. as well. Fantastic. I'm looking for so my thrilled. first, just so you know. I want to throw it out there. Universe, I'm looking for my first award. Long live you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Actually, you're in my book, uh, just so you know. Am I? In my book. I'll have more about it after the, the we we're out of time, unfortunately, but more about it when I when it, when we speak after. Yeah. Uh, that's our show, everyone. Thank you, Kathy, for being with us. Thanks. And thank you, my Lori, as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, happy new year and be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.